You are tuned in to Sacred Heart Catholic Church in Broussard, Louisiana. Let's catch up with Father Michael Delcom as he breaks open the readings for today. One of my favorite memories uh, growing up is hunting with my dad. I've shared that with you a few times. Just good memories of spending time with him. One of the one of those memories was when I first was able to hunt by myself. For those of you who maybe don't hunt, um, deer hunt specifically, we, um, we were at the camp and this is going to be my first time that I was going to go to the, the deer stand by myself. We had always hunted together. In other words, we would ride the bike together. We would park the bike together. We would walk to the stand together. We would climb up in the ladder together. And we would sit together and we would share the moment together. It was a comfort. I was always with him, but this time I was going to be by myself. He was going to drive me to a spot and, and, and put me on the stand and, and leave me there alone. It's kind of exciting, but very nervous. It was going to be an afternoon hunt, which means basically the sun goes down and the best time to hunt is actually when it gets dark. But that meant I was going to be in the stand by myself when it gets dark. So we, um, we had a game plan. We went up to the board. We had a map and I saw the map and he showed me, okay, if anything happens, this is where you're going to be. I'm not going to be far from you. I'm going to be here and you're going to be here. I'm going to walk you. If you get lost for whatever reason, um, here's the, the creek. You can just follow the creek. Be aware of your surroundings. He was doing everything to prepare me um, to, to be confident and secure. I'm not going to be far we rode the bike together as we always did. We parked the bike. He walked me to my stand, made sure I was secure. I got up there, did everything. Say, okay, I'm going to be, I'm not going to be far. Not going to be far at all. Anything happens, whatever. Um, just yell. I can probably hear you, but not going to be far. It's going to be great. Don't worry about it. Enjoyed the hunt. It's kind of quiet. Things happen in the woods. Those of you who are in the woods ever hunting or just in the woods when it gets dark and you are looking particularly for things, you know that uh, maybe your eyes can play tricks on you towards the end when it starts to get dark. Things that look like trees very clearly in the daytime all of a sudden don't look like trees. They look like people or they look like deer or they look like bears or they look like something that may be coming to get you. And um, as I was kind of sitting in the tree stand and just enjoying this moment and maybe particularly at any point getting worried about what this might mean as it got darker and darker and darker, I knew that my dad was not far from me. I knew that whatever would happen, my dad was going to come get me. I knew that even as dark as it got, even as deep in the woods as we were, I didn't have to worry because he said he was going to come get me. And I knew my dad, he wouldn't leave me out there by myself. And so it didn't matter how dark it was. I wasn't going to get out the stand. I knew he was going to come. I knew eventually he was not going to leave me no matter what happened. And sure enough, in the, the dark of the night, I would see this little light coming through the woods. It was my dad coming from where he was, just coming to get me. I knew he was going to come, didn't know when he was going to come, but I just knew he was going to come and he did because my dad to me when I was young was just so dependable. 
At that time when I was little, and maybe when we are children, we listen to people, especially our parents. We listen to the person who's saying things more than we do really what they're saying. I knew that my dad was going to come get me. He said he was going to come get me, but I knew he was going to come get me because of who he was. I knew that because of the history we had. My dad was a man who just sacrificed for my family. He would go overseas months and months at a time just to put bread on the table. My dad was the one when he came home, he he wasn't thinking about himself as tired as he was. He would just love and serve our family, and he was emotionally present to us. And I knew that my dad was given over to us. And so I listened to my dad more than what he said. But there was some point in my maturation and my growth, uh, when I got to high school, something changed. My dad would say things like, I want you home by 10. And I would say, eh, I'm thinking 11. That's, I'm thinking 11 is a better option for us. And he would say, no, I want you home by 10. And I would say, dad, you know, the other guys, they can be home at 11. I'm thinking 11 is a better option for us. And he would say, I want you home by 10. And I'd say, Let, let's talk about it. Um, maybe 10.30, 10.45, you know, I want you home by 10. And in my just growing and learning and uh, I think the maturity of becoming an adult and, and learning how to think for myself and, and learning how to be critical and um, higher learning, right? That's what they teach us in school. I began not to listen to the person who was speaking, but I began to listen to what he was saying. And I began to evaluate. I began to judge. I began to measure the things he was saying based on what I was accepting. Did I really believe what he was saying? Is he saying the right thing? Am I smarter than him? And I began to question. I began to, to move and transition. I don't know about you, but this is kind of what we call becoming an adult, thinking for yourself. It's, it's good. It's admirable, but... When it comes to our faith life, I think we're going to see a dynamic in the gospel that might have something to teach us. This is a little caveat just to keep in the back of your mind as we continue this conversation. Jesus says, unless we become like children, we cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Just think about that. Unless we become childlike, a childlike trust, we can't enter the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is walking with his disciples. We're, we have been reading over the Gospel of John, chapter 6, over these past three weeks. We're going to have two more weeks of it. It's the, the Bread of Life discourse. It's when Jesus gives his most important teaching about the Eucharist. And it's going to be an important, difficult teaching. What he is going to say is going to be very difficult to understand and accept. He is about to say that you are must eat my flesh and drink my blood to have life in you. He's about to say that my flesh and my blood is food for you, which is going to be very hard to accept and understand. So he knew that they had to accept and believe who he was first before they would be able to accept what he was saying. 
And he was struggling. The beginning of chapter 6 is basically Jesus trying to convince them that he was the Son of God. He had come from heaven. He was a divine person. If they could believe that, then they could believe what he says. But listen, Jesus says, I have come down from heaven. I'm the bread of heaven. He's using this analogy from the Old Testament. When they were in the desert, they had no food. They prayed to God. God, send us food. And God gave them food from heaven. He gave them manna from heaven. There's no doubt where it came from. It was miraculous. It came from heaven. It fed them. It nourished them. It sustained them. So Jesus says, I am the bread that has come down from heaven. He's saying, I have come from heaven. I have a divine origin. And what I'm about to tell you is the fact that I have come to nourish you and feed you and sustain you. And listen, they're struggling. If you read the gospel today, they say, wait, is it this the son of Joseph? Don't we know his parents, Mary and Joseph? How can he say he has come from heaven? See, they're questioning who he is. They don't quite believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And this is so important. This is so important for us to get because if we're going to progress to what's going to happen in the the latter part of the the chapter, they're going to have difficulty to accept what he says because they're evaluating. They're measuring Jesus. And Jesus allows himself, he humbles himself, that's what God does, humbles himself to be measured by us. Do I really believe what he says? We kind of pick and choose what we want to believe that Jesus says. We kind of pick and choose what we believe the church teaches. We kind of pick and choose based on how we want to accept it, how we want to believe it. But Jesus at some point turns to his close disciples as it says they were leaving because they said this is too hard for us to accept. He turns to them, to Peter and the other, and says, will you leave me too? And Peter, in this beautiful expression of childlike faith, says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of everlasting life. We have come to believe that you are who you say you are. We don't get it. We don't understand it. We're not quite sure what you just said, but we believe it because you are who you say you are. And that's so important. If we're ever going to believe, for those of you who struggle with the Eucharist, for those of you who struggle to believe that Jesus really comes to us in the, the, in the bread and wine and he changes it, the Holy Spirit changes it to be his body and blood. It looks like bread. It tastes like bread. It looks like wine. It tastes like wine. But what the church teaches us is we believe what Jesus said because he said it. And we may not understand it, we may not be able to comprehend it, we may not be able to to ingest it, but because it's him who said it, the Son of God, the, the, the one sent from us from heaven, I believe it because he said it. I don't understand it. See, that's how I was when I was a little boy. I didn't so much so much listen to what he was saying. I listened to him because It was my dad who was saying it. I trusted him. 
And Jesus has come to, to earn our trust, to gain our trust. He says, unless a, a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains just a grain of wheat. But if a grain of wheat dies in the ground, it bears fruit. And Jesus took his own life to the cross and died for us to say, you can trust me. You can believe in me. You may not understand it. You may not be able to comprehend it, but I am trustworthy. He came to heal our trust in God. And I know for us, it's very, it's dangerous for us. It's very hard for us to trust blindly. We evaluate everything we hear and then that's beautiful and that's great. But when it comes to faith, man, that could be a huge obstacle. A huge obstacle. So many people walked away from the Messiah, the anointed one, the son of God, because they didn't understand what he was saying. They didn't know how to receive what he was saying. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? But it was God who was saying it. Jesus today said, you can't come to me unless the father would send you to me. My dear friends, if, if you're in church the, this afternoon and you struggle with believing that Jesus is truly present in the Eucharist, I would ask you, I would beg you to pray for the gift of faith. And if you believe in the true presence in the Eucharist, thank God that he has given you faith. See, there's a difference between believing in Jesus and believing a bunch of things that Jesus said. There's a difference between believing in Jesus and believing a bunch of teachings that the church teaches. I can believe in a bunch of things the church teaches because I'm still evaluating, I'm still measuring what the church teaches, what I believe, what Jesus says, what I believe. But when I believe in Jesus, when I believe that he's the son of God, the savior of the world, I place my heart and my life in his hands. And I may not understand everything he teaches, but I believe what he says because he said it. And I ask for the faith to understand. It's a growth process. This afternoon, let us pray for the gift of faith. Let us perhaps pray in gratitude for the gift of faith. If you struggle with the understanding of the presence of Jesus in the blessed sacrament that he's given us, his flesh and blood to eat, to consume, that we can be one with him, pray for the grace. Pray for the gift of faith. Pray that the Father may come to you and stir your hearts to be drawn into this belief that is often beyond our understanding. But because Jesus said it, we believe it.